Welcome to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. This is Lori Rivers with you, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. This is season three, episode one. Can you believe it? Three years. When I started this podcast back in 2020, it was just a place to kind of let off some steam. I was just yapping. It's kind of funny. There's some old reviews where like, she's just telling stories about her life. Well, that's all I'd made this for. I didn't expect it to do anything. Uh, I just kind of felt a little choked on TikTok and I just needed a place to let it all hang out. So it's kind of funny. And yet it has grown and it's become a place where I can give you some important astrological information and not just, you know, oh, this event is going to happen, but how to deal with it, how to, you know, surf the cosmic tide. And so, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. So what's up on deck? We have a new year and it doesn't really feel all that new, does it? You're probably feeling a little bit tired. Let me know. You know, you can actually leave comments here. I'd love to hear your thoughts. How are you feeling? How does 2023 feel to you? Uh, There's been a lot of talk about calendars and young people are like figuring out that the calendars are arbitrary. That's what I talk about when, when people are waking up. It's really more social and cultural to start with. We'll talk about that here in a bit. But first, the first segment, I'm going to talk about that big old full moon on January 6th. Okay, really, January 6th, we have a full moon. Of course we do, because, you know, we're living in the 2020s. I would love to let you know things are going to cool off, calm down, and not be a shit show. But um, yeah, whatever. That's that's not the case because we're undoing some very necessary um, change. I mean, well, not undoing necessary changes. We're making necessary changes, which means undoing unnecessary structures and showing the holes in all the systems. And that's really been what Capricorn has um, allowed Pluto to really do. You know, Pluto traveling through Capricorn has allowed us to see what structures need shoring up, need replacing, and don't work. And I think we all kind of feel like um, those kind of plucky relief, plucky comic relief characters. And... um, you know, in movies, you know, where they kind of start out afraid and they're there just to be a sidekick and and then they go through enough. They have enough stuff happen, you know, and the main character is, is maybe not always all that great. You know, maybe they're a very flawed character and the plucky comic relief kind of has enough and then they're just like, fuck it. And they become this badass. And I think collectively that's where we're at. And, and so... We're going to be watching people really start to have enough. It started at the, you know, mid to end point of 2022. And now average everyday people, people who work for a living, people who have to scrape by anyway, are just done. Just done. I think we're all tired. We've put a fork in us. We're done. And I think that that energy is very reflected in the astrology of 2023 
and 2024 even more so. I'm not going to talk about 2024 until we get closer to it, though. I don't want you worrying about the future. I want you to know how to navigate the presence. So what is up on deck in this episode? We're talking about the January 6th full moon. We're going to talk about um, calendars and and what time is... And what astrology is in that? Because I see some confusion between a calendar and astrology. And and the two are not synonymous, okay? And um, and honestly, uh, I'll give a spoiler. It doesn't really matter what calendar you use, okay? It really doesn't. It does not. It has nothing to do with Jack, okay? I'll talk about what calendars are for and, and why it doesn't really matter in astrology. So... There is that. Um, and I might poke fun at conspiracy theorists. I might. I might. I might. I might not. I don't know. So let's get on with the show. So, of course, we have a full moon on January 6th. You know, it's just very funny because as much as we're going to talk about time is arbitrary um, and dates are arbitrary, um, thoughts are really strong things. Beliefs are really strong. um, And our perceptions are very strong. And so, um, and especially with media today with media today because we get so saturated with with information and people use music and and graphics to provoke certain feelings and evoke certain feelings and so we'll all kind of make more of a specific date than necessary but the irony is super strong here the irony is very very strong (laughs) We're having a full moon on January 6th, given what is going to be occurring this year. So I'm pulling up the chart. You guys are used to that by now. If you're new, again, this is uh, an astrological stream of consciousness. So we have we have that full moon. It'll be happening in the afternoon, believe it or not. Full moons don't just happen at the same time. A full moon happens when the moon and the sun are opposite each other. That's what makes that full moon glow up. And it'll be happening kind of around about three in the afternoon on the West Coast. At 16 degrees. Now, I find it really interesting. We start every month for the first half of the year with full moons, which means we're ending cycles, okay? This is perception, right? We are ending cycles, um, but it's, it's, it's not a completion 100% of the way, all right? So it is, it is a midpoint fruition, because this is happening at 16 degrees, about in the middle of the sign. Um, So this is the Cancer full moon. And it is a completion of things started back in the Cancer new moon back in 2022. Okay. And so it's a little fascinating. It's a little fascinating. We have... 
a lot going on in that chart, to be honest. Eighth house, second house matters from the position where I am at. There's probably going to be some information announced. It is probably to do with the treasury or finances from a government level. Um, there may be more discussion about um, the former president's taxes. Uh, there may be news coming out of the IRS itself. There may be some amount announcements made that day. Um, there could be more issues around human trafficking. I think we'll see some nationalist activity happen. And this is global. You know, nationalism is an ugly thing rearing its head. And yet the cancer full moon is also women and families. And since we started the year with Venus conjunct Pluto. Since we started the year with Venus conjunct Pluto and we ended the year with Venus conjunct Pluto, just like last year, by the way, Venus was retrograde last year, but this year Venus was direct on the end. Those are all really significant, uh, like symbolic details, like when we get into the symbology. And that is... Women worldwide are kind of done. And I think, and it doesn't mean all women, okay? When we say women, the, the women who are tired of being oppressed are tired of being oppressed. And there are more women who are tired. It's not so much just the rare fringe radical person, okay? More and more women are just done. And, and I think we're going to see a lot of that coming up. And I think we might see women in certain parts of the world um, doing more than yelling and chanting and marching, but actually um, pushing back, pushing back. Um, we've been sold this bill of goods that women, you know, are the fairer sex, the fairer sex, we're weaker, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. <laughs> And if you're going by sheer muscle mass in general, that might be the case. But there's a lot more to strength and a lot more to um, a lot more to uh, agency and sovereignty of self than being able to pick up a big thing. Okay. Women have always been able to hunt and fish. It's, we didn't just sit and gather things. Okay. <laughs> just like men, there, there were squeamish men. There always has been. <laughs> okay. So this idea that it's, you know, manly man hunt and women sit and tend the fire, you know, whatever. Women have always done what needed doing to feed babies <laughs> to feed their children, to keep things going. And in fact, you know, the idea of, you know, single motherhood being this new 20th century thing, right? Um, no, no, because husbands died in stupid accidents. Husbands or, bio, you know, partners, because not everybody got married. But the, the, the father figure could die, um, would be gone for long periods of time exploring or off to war. And so there has always been single mothers. And this idea that it's somehow a moral failing is just dumb. Um, and I think we need to get over that because women have done what needed doing to protect their offspring. 
And all you have to do is look to nature. You know, look at other apex predator mammals. Okay. Look to other apex predator mammals. And you will be very, very surprised at what you see. It's, it's, they're not waiting around waiting for the, the male counterpart in their species to, to bring home the bacon. Okay. It might, you know, there, there are, there are adaptations. Okay. So this idea that it's normal and natural for women to be afraid. No, we've been taught to be afraid. We've been taught not to defend ourselves. We have culturally and socially disabled our natural instincts as mammals. As mammals. And so um, I think we're going to see that come up. And you'll be like, Lori, you always go on about this other stuff instead of just talking about the astrology. And if you have actually studied astrology, you know I'm talking astrology as I speak this right now. So, um, yeah. So there's that. Um, It's important to note um, that... This full moon is going to shine the light on an existing problem. It's going to shine the light on an existing problem. We may not have resolution fully from this full moon. Because again, it's mid-sign. Remember, every sign has 30 degrees. Every degree has 60 minutes. That's some of the math of astrology. And symbolically, having a full moon in the, the smack dab in the middle, smack dab in the middle of the sign, in, in, it's in Cancer Capricorn, um, I think we could see some retailers file for bankruptcy, get those processes going. They were already struggling. Um, we might see more supply chain issues. We might see more issues with home and family. There could be, if you're in a funky situation at home, if you're in a, um, a domestic violence situation, if you are, oh my God, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And domestic violence isn't just physical force. It can be emotional, financial, psychological, Um, If you're in a very dysfunctional situation, big hugs. I'm so sorry. I have been there. All right. Some of it is socially acceptable, right? (laughs) Some of that behavior, it gaslights you because you're like, well, this happened. You know, it's not like they hit me. You know, (laughs) controlling your finances is, is, is violent. Okay. Not, not giving you your due, (laughs) not supporting your hopes, dreams, and visions is violence, okay? Holding you back because they're insecure, that's violence, you know? And um, yeah, so if you're in a volatile relationship, be really careful on this full moon because people will be very reactive. And I think we'll see little incels, you know, behave badly. On the January 6th issue, obviously the most symbolic, um, we could have some more information come out of the DOJ. 
I don't think we're going to see an indictment just yet. I found it really interesting. Some of my predictions where I thought there might be an indictment, there was an announcement about something like this, and it was important. So, like, I think there was one day I predicted, what was it, like in November, that it was a possibility. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, that's the day it's going to happen, but I thought it was potentially, uh, you know, something that could happen. It was the day that Jack Smith was announced as um, the the council and its special counsel. And I was like, oh, damn, we will have an indictment. That's great. You know, this guy doesn't play around. So um, those types of things can happen. So it doesn't mean there'll be an indictment, but there'll be more light shed on the matter. It might be there's stuff up around people other people who were involved it could be like a representative and funny enough this is happening really closely to marjorie taylor green's mars we don't have a birth time for her but her mars is at 22 degrees cancer no it doesn't make her evil because she has a 22 degree mars she's just stupid evil because she's stupid evil okay the degrees don't really have a divinatory meaning when we look at whether they're early or later it's about maturation of energy we really need to let go of superstitious thinking okay that's that's why scientists make fun of us okay we need to stop that the numbers themselves are arbitrary Where things fall in the sign shows, like, is how mature is it, okay? So I think something's going to come up with Marjorie Taylor Greene. They're already starting to throw her under the bus the way I said she'd be thrown under the bus. So there may be something come out about her. We shall see. So, patrons, this will be part of, you know, your, your forecasts, okay? Remember, I give little horoscopes super exciting that'll be in there alrighty so big full moon on the 6th it's going to be illuminating it's going to happen in the afternoon in the west coast on the east coast it's going to be you know around dinner time right 6 6 p.m. or so okay should be illuminating all right It's time for a patron shout out. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. It's time for patron shout outs. My favorite part of every show. Without you, there is no me. I want to thank you for all of your support for making TikToks and the podcast. And my goodness, it was pretty cool to close out the old tears last night at midnight and see 777. Are you kidding? Oh my God, you guys made me cry. Um, You guys are loyal and wonderful and oh my God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's let's get to patrons. All right, here are our newest patrons. Holiday free K K or Kai, Pat, Rosie, Green Girl, Melody, Amanda, Q. I hope I'm saying that right. Leslie, Ghost Girl, M. Darden, Nina. Stacy, 
Nira, Jenny, Heather, Nikki, Megan, Vicky, Julie, Sheila, McKenna, Morgan, Terry, M, Gabriel, Sharon, Kayla, Charlene, Ksenia, Lauren, Teresa, Heather, Nick, Stephanie, Amy, Bertha, Teresa, Marina, Damian, Amy, Lacey, Jen, Seth, Cassandra, Melissa, Ronnie, Lexi, Luna, Robin, Kaylin, Bethany, Chrissy, Christina, Megan, BW, Julie, Joshua, Esther, Ryan, Brissa, Athena, Meredith, Samantha, April, Gabby, Anna, Sarah, Erica, Erica, there's two Ericas, Erica H and Erica, PTK, Madison, Louise, A.C. Rutherford, Nicole, Cece, Angela, Monica, Margie, Britt, Monica, Megan, Terry, Tara, Priscilla, TM, Alyssa, Sarah, Jay, Sasha, Caitlin, Amanda, Claire, Mary, Jeff, and Angie, Tara, Cheeslin, or Chaslin, Jennifer, Kat, and Caitlin. Oh my God. Do you guys realize we had a hundred new patrons in December? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And there's so much cool stuff coming up, guys. So much cool stuff. Um, the, I'm so excited about this year. I, it, it March is a bit of a shit show for the mundane world, but it, there's actually some really killer, cool astrology for yours truly. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, and that will help the awake space. I'm so excited. So many cool things, including a video version of this podcast that will come out in March. Okay, so we're going to be filming and shooting. In fact, I've got all this week off of doing readings so I can redo the set. Um, I've got stuff arriving next Saturday. I'm clearing things out. My daughter's coming over. We're still a very small crew. This is a DIY endeavor. If you guys didn't know, um, I, I put it all together myself. I started with not a whole lot because um, I had restarted my life in basically 2018. You know, I kind of blew it up in 2016, 2017, did a reboot, and then um, got my foundations under me by 2019. And then in 2020, I was ready to take action, but I didn't know where that would come from or how it would happen. Um, And I'm talking about astrologically, I knew what my transits were. And by mid-2020, I I didn't care if people knew I was an astrologer anymore. I knew the world was changing and it was time to be open because before that I was referral only and kind of hung out in professional circles quietly. Um, But I I kept it low-key. I was in the astrology closet, you know. I I didn't want people really to know. I mean, I never hid it all the way, but I just didn't take clients unless it was referral. So in 2020 was when I really just decided, screw it. I don't care if people think I'm nuts. And um, I blended what I love to do, which is, you know, do business development and astrology. And they go hand in hand. So yay. And prove that you really can with great determination build something worthwhile. So we're going to be building on a good foundation 
2023. And you get to be here for the ride. There's going to be lots of like behind the scenes stuff. And so excited. And if you haven't joined, why not? Um, Oh, by the way, I realized after I made the tears that (laughs) I have to go have um, my helper, who is my daughter, go through and set the permissions on on some of the older stuff. So, um, oops, oops. So we'll get that going. I realized there was like a toggle I need to switch. So there we go. Alrighty, my friends. Um, Thank you ever so much. And let's get on with the rest of the podcast. We're going to talk about... um, I'm going to wind the podcast up with talking about time and and perception. But first, let's do some astro chat. Hey, we've got a Jennifer. We're doing some astro chat. How are you, Jen? I'm good. Excellent. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. My family just had Christmas, so I'm all <laughs> twisted. <laughs> that sounds about right for Capricorn Mercury retrograde. I love that. Was it a good Christmas, New Year? It was. Nice. Yeah. Good family time. Excellent. So we're just going to do some astro chat here. Um, this is... Uh, It's an interesting year coming up. Have you been planning for your year ahead? A little bit. Um, It's kind of hard to know that far out. I feel like there's a lot that's going to change really quickly. So I'm just like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's the smartest route. I normally I tell people in the last couple of years, kind of plan twelve weeks out at a time. It doesn't really work that way this year. We kind of have like from now till the twelfth of January, and then like the twelfth through the twenty second is just kind of very weird and wild energy, and then after the twenty second till really March 8th it's kind of a whirlwind and so it's kind of like be really flexible through February end of January through February just kind of like if it's working do that That, that's how you plan for that if it's working do that if it's not working stop to stock don't don't touch it don't that doesn't mean it won't forever work it just means it's not going to work right now so just go where the energy is flowing because man it's gonna be nuts so (laughs) yeah i just have all of these plans and like ideas for things so Mm -hmm. it's going to pivot yeah <laughs> right plan a plan b mm-hmm. c d e f g yeah. yeah and it doesn't mean you can't do anything you know just be willing to pivot 
<laughs> yeah, don't stay too attached to any yes. one particular idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know. I was talking to Sarah today, my daughter. And we're planning out the episodes for the video version of the podcast. <laughs> Very exciting. It is. It is exciting. So getting stuff together even looking at other concepts you know so having the awake space but also some other stuff going so it's kind of it is exciting horizons are opening so at the beginning of the podcast here I was talking about how our year is starting it really started with Venus conjunct Pluto and um how that's really because last year it started out with Venus conjecture but Venus was retrograde and it was sliding back now Venus is direct and we start the year off with some really strong feminine energy I'm kind of excited for women this year I think think we're going to push back. What do you think? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling it? Yeah, I feel like people are kind of realizing the position that women are in. I think <clears throat> especially younger people like we've kind of been able to ignore this. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the issues because um really haven't been like out in the work field a lot of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. um i think this was like a really especially last summer was a really big wake up um that you really need to take your like personal responsibility for your situation Mm -hmm. um because no one else is gonna do that for you you need to ensure your own safety as best you can Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess really. Mm-hmm. It's something that we, I guess, we never really thought would happen. I mean, I kind of figured the past you know, 2016, I was like, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think a lot of people just didn't know the severity of what happened. And then now it's kind of. how deep everything is like mm-hmm. there's this has been like a long process mm-hmm. this didn't happen overnight people mm-hmm. weren't paying attention <laughs> right yeah Pe- people like me aren't the weirdos anymore yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it You're feels so weird and bitter. why are you always on about this why are you a militant feminist Lori <laughs> this is why <laughs> This is why I don't blame young people at all because it was cloaked. And you guys also grew up in a really conservative time, you know, like you couldn't wear getty straps to a prom. Oh my god, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> my mom wore a strapless dress to her prom in 1964 because she graduated in 65. You know, so it, we're more conservative, and, and she wasn't. 
It wasn't loose times. You couldn't wear pants to school, guys. <laughs> if you were a girl. I cannot imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> we didn't get to wear pants to elementary school until I think I was in first or second grade. I had... My mom had me wear a dress to kindergarten, like, two times, and I hated it both mm-hmm. times. <laughs> right? It's hard to be on the monkey bars. Of course, we yeah. did have very cute matching panties that went with our skirts and, like, opaque tights and things. So you could be on the monkey bars, but still. Yeah, I had to... I made the uh, compromise with my mom that I would wear uh, skirts if she got me shorts to mm-hmm. go with them. <laughs> right? So I'm like, I am just not going to care and I'm going to forget Right? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, what does this have to do with astrology? Everything. Because that's how we interpret the energies. You know, we look at it and it, it there is no one particular natural human state in that when it comes to gender roles. That's social constructs. You know, and I talked a little bit about that at the beginning of the podcast, but... But if we want to modernize and we want to stomp patriarchy, you know, and smash it out, then we have to update our astrological interpretations. What are your thoughts on that, Jen? I have noticed that in reading all of these old books, (laughs) like just how much of a reflection of the times that they were written in they are (laughs) um go ahead it's kind of shocking (laughs) to be honest sometimes i'm like okay we're doing that sort of just binary thinking black and white oh women are this way men are this way this is why this is good and this is bad Uh, this is why it's debilitated yeah yeah and then you kind of realize like okay from what point of view are they writing these right um you always have to think about that because (laughs) i mean they're written by like some of them are i'm sure progressive for the times but now that you're reading it it's like (laughs) right yeah like we've progressed so much in like these social topics right um, right that it's just kind of it is time <laughs> yeah and like bob hand robert hand amazing amazing mind amazing astrologer you know love him and yet when we read the writing right here was a second this is the expanded second editions of planets in transit um and and so it was revised in 2001 okay but it was the original copyright is 1976 okay now i've studied with robert right I won an argument with him, which is like awesome. And it was on these types of topics, by the way. It was actually on why Placidus is effective. But um, <laughs> but when we get to like Venus transits, 
this is where you see the social cultural conditioning you know and you guys made that really clear to me in a way like one I've always wanted to change up how we interpret especially Mercury and Venus like broaden our understanding of it like since I was a young astrology student but like I grew up with this nonsense like thinking that was the norm because he's like in my parents age group right even if I rebelled against it I was used to people talking that way you guys came to me <laughs> like uh, Lori <laughs> oh my god it's a little shocking for you guys it is it is sometimes I am flabbergasted when I read something I'm like whoa that was <laughs> it's usually just like the blatant misogyny mm-hmm. and just like how accepted that was <laughs> like damn yeah but it really has been like just in recent times that we've gotten all of the understandings that we have yeah. it's crazy to see how far we've come yeah and how far we still have to go but <laughs> yeah 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 you know i mean <clears throat> granted in the 90s we were pushing because i remember reading about me and venus and i was like that's the most misogynistic claptrap i've ever seen in my life you know that was 95 and i would argue with my teacher who was like 15 years older than me and he's like no this is just the way of the world and i was like no it's not have you studied anthropology you know have you studied human development this this has nothing to do with nature you know i was just like crazy talk and i was like well if you wanted to control people you know you'd say don't use your mind mercury and don't want anything and then vilify women because you know it's classic classic move yeah and it's expressed in interpretations also ooh, ooh, here's some tea from tiktok so i can't remember the name of the creator i really enjoy him but I, you know how you scroll right mm-hmm. but whenever his stuff comes up i'm like ooh, i like it he's thoughtful so this guy goes around the internet looking for like alt-right pipeline bullshit and one of my arguments against a lot of the Hellenist stuff isn't that I have a problem with old techniques. I find them fascinating. I find the actual history fascinating. But the way people glommed onto it, the way they glam, glam onto, you know, or glom onto Plato and all that stuff, um, as the only way to be an intelligent person, right? the Nietzsche followers and you know again Nietzsche's interesting but often completely misinterpreted so there's this group of Hellenists online that have created this like new cult and they're not astrologers per se but it's Hellenistic thinking and it's really gone down into the white supremacy pipeline oh yeah I have seen I think I've seen that TikTok Mm -hmm. actually yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's been one of my problems with Hellenistic, the lean towards it, because it got really popular after 9-11. And I don't think people really admitted their Islamophobia, because a lot of the progress in the mathematics 
was done by the Arabs. And then they'll do everything they can to say, oh no, the Arabs just stole it from this guy. I'm like, the Greeks took stuff from Chaldea. Humans, humans do that. Humans go, oh, that's a great idea. Run with it. And then they expand it. And then the next group expands it, hopefully. We're not kind of in an expansion period right now. Um, hopefully we're about to enter one. But I had that got me and I was like, ah, I feel really validated. <laughs> you know? Because that concerns me. What do you think? I mean, it's... Yeah, I really don't like that. It just feels kind of white supremacy to me to (laughs) only want to read like Greek philosophers and hold that as like third. Because that is also the case, particularly in American academia. Uh Um, And British as well. Yeah, and it's kind of ridiculous, I would say. Um, I mean, it's fascinating. I loved reading about it and having discussions, but... (laughs) But by stating they're the pinnacle of intelligentsia, there were no other intelligent people from any other culture, really? Or was it that their writings survived and we could read it? You know? Yeah. You know, maybe we couldn't read the cuneiform or... You know, you're, you're telling me there was no other really thoughtful person, or maybe there was a culture where they didn't use written language, but there was a hell of a lot of wisdom. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's just there's not just one way to know something or pass that knowledge along. Mm-hmm. So, to like deify the written word <laughs> is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is. You know, because the priest class was, you know, the readers and writers for many centuries before Christianity even. So, you know, priests and philosophers and, you know, it was a very small group of people. And I think that goes to the privilege as well, the male privilege, the patriarchy, because there were very few women who were, they always pick out that one woman, that one woman could, she could, I'm like, okay, when there's historically one recorded woman <laughs> that could do that thing. Great. Great. Thanks. Mucho representation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got it. Yeah. See. For something that people say is tradition, like a feminine interest, there sure are a lot of men in the professional circles. Well, but it's not a traditional feminine interest. We were allowed to touch this shit. That's the thing is it's I think that's it with the the great awakenings and with the internet is they it's not actual awakenings in some ways it's informings because women weren't there were very very few professional women when I started very very few and a few were really smart like Susan Miller she's like the internet queen she was the first to really build an online platform and build out the astrology zone and you know whether you know she's smart she was she was very smart at that but she was also poo-pooed a little bit back in the day 
just saying there were some sour grapes from some of the the men always are aren't right there. yeah she held her own she's fine but yeah you know that's why i tout joanne wickenberg so much because she's truly like she's a very recognized um, professional astrologer in the professional more academic side of astrology very awarded very brilliant and she was an, she's an amazing teacher you know mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I enjoyed her work the most I think yeah she was my favorite she taught a class on Venus like it was maybe 2000 one 2002 I can't remember and I just it might have been two no maybe 2000 I don't remember it was at Norwag and um, it was so validating because she was addressing all of the arguments I'd given my original teacher about Venus years before and I was like can I can I just lay at your feet she had some male hecklers in there too it was funny. She just laid them flat. <laughs> She's just kind of like, bring it. Or one guy was young and he was like, you know, maybe my age at the time and younger than her and was trying to like male dominance her. And she just was like, that's nice. You have an opinion. Next. <laughs> 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 it was pan. Fucking bastard. Now, if you're a guy listening to this, uh, wanting to get rid of patriarchy does not mean we want to get rid of men. (laughs) Patriarchy is a system that doesn't benefit anyone. Male, female, non-binary. Speaking of non-binary, how important do you think it is that we move to non-binary interpretations? Um... I think that needs to be like the next big update. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because having things written for just like two set ideas of how, what it means to be in this box or this box just doesn't really make sense anymore. Um, I never really did be honest but I think more people are waking up to like how gender really isn't like this innate thing Mm -hmm. Um, it's like how you choose to do it and there's not one way to do that Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of these things are written in these books as if everybody's going to fall into like the social box <laughs> of the time it was written. Right. And we're, oh, it's just yeah. not true anymore. Mm-hmm. Never well, was. And even, you, some of the, the great explorers of, of natal astrology, because remember, natal astrology is a new addition to astrology. It wasn't the primary focus for thousands of years. It's only been a primary focus for a couple hundred and it was really advanced in the 20th century. And like Noel Teal, Noel Teal was a psychologist. You know, he has brilliant work, 
if you can read through the datedness of his language. Yeah. You, you've got a lot of his books. You've found a treasure trove of astrology books. You oh, yeah. I love to go to used bookstores. Right. It's like anytime I'm going through a big, like a town, I'm like, okay, we've got to hit them all up. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, did you read any of Noel Tale yet? Um, I think the only book of his I have is a Solar Arcs, which oh. I am not. Yeah, that's. <laughs> somewhat extraneous even but um it's fascinating but i don't i don't think they're necessary in general um it's something in addendum to your solid foundation i do have a bunch of the books on saved in my cart on thrift books or like on a watch list for if they come up (laughs) nice his communicating the horoscope i think is my favorite one because he talks about client work and that was about the only reference book we had back then and it's old it's from the 70s and i found it i found a like almost a complete collection of his work for a bucket piece at a used bookstore in portland in 1998 (gasps) oh my god (laughs) yeah it wasn't even metaphysical it was just a used store it was a funky store in southeast portland and i was just like oh my god i felt like i was robbing the bank getting those right <laughs> right i got my like whole collection of liz green books oh nice for, like five bucks a piece right <laughs> like, speaking of, that's oh. a shit that's a great deal and speaking of she was one of the few professional women back in the day mm-hmm. you know and she also was a psychologist so um you know she specialized a lot in parent child yeah i she love that them. that is like mm-hmm. one of my favorite things Mm-hmm. cancer moon <laughs> right right yeah and so you know they were pioneers of moving this forward and trying to get us recognized as not superstition that's why they shied away from divinatory astrology and timing and mundane astrology is really hard and i would say you know if you've got a hundred serious students of astrology maybe five will end up wanting to really continue with mundane because it's brain-breaking work you know um because it really is it takes years of not just study but observation and learning to observe and i think it takes a weird certain personality to go there jennifer I love my nerdling. Um, yeah, it like it really is an observational art, which I have learned from you. Um, just how important that aspect of it is, um, because you—that is like the whole practice of astrology. You read these books, get this information, and then you do it uh-huh. yourself. <laughs> you make observations. You don't just. You don't have to just like what people write in these books is not all of their knowledge. <laughs> Absolutely not all so of their knowledge. Mm-hmm. They bring theirs when they do their astrology. So you need to bring your perspective when you're doing yours. Absolutely. I think some people don't do that. They just regurgitate what's in the books. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, you can oh. do it that way, but that's <laughs> not really how you do it. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I can guarantee you. You just sit with, with you know, one of the older astrologers 
And I, I learned that really fast. You know, I, I devoured every book I could get my hands on. And when I sat with them, I realized that was the tip of the iceberg. That book was like a thumbnail sketch of what they knew. And it wasn't like they were trying to gatekeep, but no one, it, like, you can't write all of it down. It's some of it's almost like, like if you're a savant at something, like you can't teach that. You know, yeah, it's like I don't know how to teach people what I'm hearing things and associating it with what mm-hmm. I know. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know, how, I've never known how to. Like, I try to like teach people sometimes when I was younger, I didn't really understand this. I'd be like, just make the connection. What mm-hmm. are you talking about? <laughs> so, when you say when you're hearing things and you make a connection, is that like tone of voice or is what? How um, so? Yeah, it's like the way that they are expressing something. I can be like, okay, they really care about that. And that reminds me of maybe this sign or this house, this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was recently, I was on dating apps. So this was kind of a fun game. <laughs> I was <Okay>. guessing <laughs> what people's... Um, placements were and then having them give me like their even just their birth date and like the time is nice to know but (laughs) Mm -hmm. um being able to guess like someone had taurus and gemini placements based on how they communicated with me Mm -hmm. like that like witty quick jokey thing i'm a sag so i get it like i can like sniff out the gemini (laughs) Mm Um, and then you're talking about like their love of food and like um, a lot of other things, just like the energy that it got from them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it just comes in. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's right. giving Taurus. <laughs> right, because you you've studied enough. You know what your keywords are. You know the the very strong foundation, and then experience in reading charts as well for people, not just reading charts themselves, but reading for people, right? Seeing how it can be expressed. And then just your own intuitive ability to pick up on patterns. Yeah, yeah it's a really fun game. It is. But it's like all day now. Right, it's all the time. <laughs> Everything yeah. I do, I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that is such an 11th house activity. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh my God. So fun. Yeah, that that's what we do. That's what astrologers do. It's all day, every day. Sometimes in our sleep. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, back in 2020, it was like the fall of 2020. It might have been almost like November maybe. I had a dream of the cosmic clock. And I've never forgotten it. It was the coolest dream ever. It was very surreal. I was like, of course I dreamt of the cosmic clock. But yeah. So yeah. So astrology is it's it's a deep field and it does need to be moved forward. And I think it's just so important people don't glom on to these really outdated interpretations 
because it's not based on natural states. You know, we can't see gender in a birth chart. Yeah, I don't think people understand how. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just the chart. I it translates to anybody. You don't have to. I don't feel like you really need to know that to interpret the chart. No. And if you do, I think that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why if you look at most software, it'll ask not only the date, the time, and the place, but what gender. It'll say male, female, or event. Right? And sometimes now with more modern ones, you'll get non-binary. Um, but... I never liked, like, if I get a cold reading, which all of my readings are cold because it's more fun for me that way. Um, I did not start out that way. But it, to me, it doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man or somebody identifying as non-binary um, or whatever. It doesn't matter how they identify. It's how are they expressing the energy for themselves? Who, who are they as a person? And I know if it's somebody who is more traditional, the energy is going to express this way. If somebody is a little more um, non-binary, it's going to go here. If, it, if, you know, if they're more avant-garde, they're going to be over here. You know, it, the, the energy has different ways of expressing itself depending and yeah you can sometimes see oh somebody's going to be a little more traditional from the chart like they might want a more traditional relationship but they could still be from the queer community but want the picket fence and the 2.5 kids and dog and cat or whatever the social norm is you know, it doesn't mean they want a heteronormative experience. So, or that that would be appealing to them. You can see sexuality in the chart. <laughs> but you have to be really careful with it. It's not cut and dried. It's not like all Gemini and Venuses and Sag Marses are, you know. People love to say that, like on mm-hmm. TikTok. Like, that's, guys, guys. It's wrong is point out wrong. Take it from a Gemini Venus Sagittarius. It's not, it, it had me wondering when I was young, because I'd read those things and I was like, but I'm not that way, am I broken? Is astrology wrong? What's, you know, why, you know, am I in denial of self? <laughs> right, a little personal crisis. It did, it led to a lot of them. <laughs> like what you know yeah I think it's easy to do that to like look something up and being like oh no especially with these old interpretations Mm -hmm. it's like doom and gloom but it's like from the perspective of when they were writing it like I'm reading some of these uh, Liz Green books that I've got and it's very clear in the writing when they're talking about good like this um, transit or this like thing is good mm-hmm. um, that it's good from a certain perspective mm-hmm. and you have to adjust it 
because it's not um, when people say something, oh, this like it's going to be a good transit or a bad transit. It's from the perspective of that person, which you might not agree with, especially with some of these older Mm -hmm. texts. Um, Yeah, it's like assuming that all women are going to want to have that perfect marriage with a man and children and like that's not mm-hmm. what everybody wants mm-hmm. exactly and that's not what's going to happen for most people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and people weren't even allowed to want what they wanted back then like there mm-hmm. were so many unrealized humans men and women because they couldn't self-express and so they would do what was expected and try to make the best of it you know and so they didn't get that that outline so i think it, context is everything so you know just like the work i'm writing it's somebody's gonna rewrite that someday they'll make it better to fit the perspective of those times I hope so. One of the great things about astrology is that that's what happens. You build upon it with each generation Mm -hmm. and observing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still observing Pluto. Well, God, yeah. I mean, that's so far off until, I mean, that's why I kind of want to make notes that get kept, you know, as we observe Mm -hmm. these times, because... Because I tell you, the astrologers in like the 2150s are going to look at us like we're morons. I know it. They're going to be like, why were they talking about Pluto being in generational planet? <laughs> For real. She'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, uh, I am 35 years old and have only known Pluto in Taurus. You know, it's, you know they're going to be like those people were nuts they were really narcissistic so just out of the ego for our era I kind of want to leave a record of not all of us (laughs) not all of us so what are some of the things you think um, you'd like to see changed a little bit in the astrological world Oh, that's a good one. I think I really want people to know that there's more than just Hellenistic astrology. Um, I think especially in the online, like, places that young people are searching out this kind of information, it's really easy to see it kind of simplified to that because it's easier um, to, that, like, that was the excuses yeah. from the early 2000s. Go look at those old blog yeah. posts. Like, yeah. Jesus. Just because it's easier doesn't mean it's right. Exactly. I'm like, the nuance is the beauty of it. But, um... <laughs> oh. Um... Yeah, that people just, like, assume, like, oh, that must be the best way to do it because it's traditional. But when you look into where this information is coming from, um, it's translated old 
Greek and Latin documents, um, they're like bringing back these old practices, um, which is cool, you know. From an academic point of view, yeah, absolutely but it's fascinating. Not been, people haven't been using them for very long. <laughs> no, they're very modern interpretations of what we think people did Mm -hmm. and that's never going to translate like just like we were talking about with the books Mm -hmm. people don't write all of their knowledge in those Mm -hmm. so there's like this piece of it that you're missing because it wasn't passed down Mm -hmm. um or if it was it kind of just like fell out of fashion Mm -hmm. um or evolved into other techniques um so I don't know. I just feel like that whole focus on traditional is best because it's the oldest form of astrology. It's not one that's not true mm-hmm. um, either way because it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these techniques have not been used for more than mm-hmm. probably about the past decades that this has like really taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm like, there's other ways to look at it. And just because someone's doing it differently doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong, but we have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Astrology is not a monolith, and you need to know that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think that's my problem with modern Hellenism is how, and I get it, you've just found some knowledge and you're excited about it, but the the need to claim expertise And the amount of young people who will come in and argue with me and be like, well, but this is this and I heard and I feel and I'm like, well, that's great. You're learning. That's great. But this is what I do full time. (laughs) You you might want to listen. There might be some academic reasons why I'm making my arguments. You know, it's not just because, oh, I've just always done it this way. I was around when Project Hindsight started. That's when I started learning astrology. It started the year after I became a student of astrology. I was fascinated by it. And the one thing I picked up from it that I felt was and carried with me was the focus on the meaning of the houses and the emphasis on houses and house-based interpretation. That I took from that understanding because that made a lot of sense because it was environmental. But whole sign and equal houses just were never accurate enough. And that's because I worked with so many different house systems, you know, and I just let the accuracy be what made me go which direction that and that was based off my teacher. But, you know, there were some really fine astrologers who did leave that project because it was becoming dogmatic instead of instead of academic. Because it was an academic, you know, like, oh, wow, look, we've uncovered this history. And then people were like, well, it's ancient, so it must be right. The ancients married siblings. Okay, let's go back to ancient Egypt for a minute. They married siblings. (laughs) I rest my case, okay? You could not pay me to marry my brother. That's gross. Sorry, it's not cool. We've progressed. I mean, we know just from a biological perspective, it's stupid. So, there's a lot of wisdom 
that can be retained, but not everything that's old is good. Mm-hmm. I think those same people are the ones who want 1950s housewifey back. And it's like, no, they drink a lot of martinis for a reason. <laughs> they had a lot of pills, guys. <laughs> Mother's little helpers. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah. really, we're trying to do all that again, but we can't even have the drugs. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was bad enough when they tried to bring the jello molds back. Oh, like, God, can we stop? <laughs> I'll see these, like, vintage cookbooks at the thrift stores. I'm like, oh, did people ever actually make those? Or was that just, they did. like... No, <laughs> they did. They did. They did. When I was a little girl, those... 1950s housewives. They're like, here, we're eat still this. Alive. You're like, that's disgusting. <laughs> Don't feed me that. <laughs> there, there was this. <laughs> it was the 1970s. Oh, God. Anybody who wants the 1970s back is crazy. Okay. Um, because there was this salad, and it was like, and I was subjected to this as a small child. My mother didn't make me eat it, though. Um, because I tasted it and I got this look of horror on my face and I turned green and my mom was like, do you have to go to the bathroom? And I'm like, <laughs> mouthful, run. Um, it was layered with mayonnaise. Um, um, oh God, like peppercorns. And it was just gross. It was just, it, <sighs> It was done by a woman who drank a lot. Um, <laughs> it was disgusting. And it looked cool, you know, because it had layers and stuff. You know? No, it was not yeah. cool. And it was disgusting. You get those, like, I just imagine, like, hot dogs suspended in, like, a red jello. Yeah, people did <laughs> that shit. Yeah. I'm like, why? It's like, I love your, like, avant-garde art piece, but is that supposed to, am I supposed to eat that? Yeah, no, no. The cottage cheese suspended oh in my God. lime jello, that was actually really popular. It was disgusting on all levels. Taste, texture, no. I'm not really I a still, jello fan, so. No, I, I, I hate jello with a burning passion because of the 1970s in my childhood. Yeah. And there's real trauma. <laughs> and, and why are we talking about this? It's just kind of to prove a point. Not everything that is old needs to be edified. And you have to use discernment and critical thinking and and you know work with things. You know, don't don't just assume because it's old it's good. It's not. It's not. Yeah, I mean that's not a Try it out if you want to. Absolutely. Uh, but have a critical eye mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're using these things. Yeah. Decide for yourself if it's really something you want to keep. Yeah. If it's helpful for the ways that you want to live your life. Absolutely. Like perfection years, they're interesting, but I think people emphasize it too much. I think it they yeah. make self-fulfilling prophecies with it. You're like, oh no, 12 pounds mm-hmm. perfection year. <laughs> Yeah, instead of, oh, I have a 12th house perfection year. What's my solar return? What is the transits? You know, like it's a tool to go with many things. 
Um, I don't use perfections because I think transits are just more accurate. But I've looked them up out of curiosity. You know what I mean? I, I'll still look up a perfection year and, and go, oh, okay. How does that line up with all this other knowledge? Because they couldn't run transits as accurately back in the day. They had to make these other tools because the math wasn't as advanced. It was the start of advanced mathematics. So while they're banging on about the uh, medieval astrology, medieval astrology is where mathematics advanced in the Arab world and in Asia. You know, and so, but they didn't want to give credit because it's not Western civilization. And I think that's, if you want to smash patriarchy and you want to smash white supremacy, you need to give more credence to other cultures that were also progressing this form of, of astrology. Um, otherwise, it's, you're showing your bias. You know? yeah. I can't imagine not having math for this. Like, it right. seems so crazy. Right. The way have, yeah, there was no algebra. <laughs> you know, there was no algebra at that time. You know, they weren't using zero. So, you know, they couldn't really plot a circle. They made circles by making triangles, which is cool. You know, the sacred geometry. But once you could really plot the circle then that changed things and we got more accuracy. So it's it's just like Freud and Jung got the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. But we certainly don't want to use that kind of psychological interpretation today. But we can give it homage and honor it for its beginnings. Even if we don't agree with it, we say, okay, that's, that's where it started. You know, so don't think I'm ever trashing Hellenistic astrology. It's where it started. But yeah. I've always had a problem with overemphasis of Greek stuff. I'd be like, well, what, what happened in China? What happened in Africa, in different parts of Af Africa? You know, One of the world's oldest libraries is in Timbuktu. To this day, there's still scrolls that families have ownership of to guard and defend. How cool is that? Right? You know. It's me guarding and defending my little library of my astrology right? books. Right? Right? Guardians of knowledge. So, yeah. So it's not like we're being mean or anything. So it's, it's more like don't just... Like, especially if you were raised, like so many people were raised in evangelical churches and have left because, you know, they've realized that was just like control stuff. Um, it's easy. To, you're pre-programmed to grab onto. This is the truth. Yeah. And to like, yeah, again, deify the written word. Take yeah. it really literally. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to kind of deconstruct that a little bit. Yeah, and it's worth it's worth expanding your mind. Okay, and it hurts your brain a little bit, but it's worth it, guys. It's worth it. <laughs> it melts it, man. 
that's why there's always a help my brain is melting thread in any of my class discords yeah Yeah. if you're just like getting started do not try not to overwhelm yourself there is a lot but there's a pleasure in uncovering just take it slowly and you don't try to look at once you can't (laughs) yeah that's one way to like just take you know read one book and think oh that's it or you're like those are the interpretations (laughs) i guess oh my god (laughs) i read the only astrology book i'll ever need so (laughs) i know everything (laughs) oh god i hate that book so much yeah i own a copy of it and i like don't even want to throw it out on the chance that someone will come across it Yeah, so that book is in so a shame res- box oh. in my basement. <laughs> the box of shame. Oh my god. Oh god, that book. It is so responsible for so much bad information. Yeah. Every major astrologer I know has a library of good and bad books. I'll tell you, oh, that's a terrible book. And they hold on to it for the same reason. Um, but you just, you read everything and you disseminate. You know, you read everything and you disseminate it. And um, you study as much as you can. I'm not giving book recommendations anymore. I was. Um, because I'm going to be writing new interpretations. And so... I just learned from teaching all the classes last year and the feedback I got from poor traumatized students of like, um, this is really a mean thing this person is saying about my chart. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Some of these books are like brutal Mm -hmm. and especially knowing like studying with you, um, now and reading some of these back I'm like oh that's really rude to say that and that's like putting people down mm-hmm. unnecessarily mm-hmm. I'm like yeah there's good and bad potentials for anything and mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't always need to focus on it being horrible yeah yeah no that's ridiculous and it almost it's not like there's like the two extremes and most people are somewhere in the middle so mm-hmm. yeah that's how yeah. it kind of washes out most of the time yeah um and that you know my it's funny i could i could see it i can't even see where i was sitting but when my teacher told me that i needed to focus on interpretation because it wasn't focused on enough and that I would, he literally said, you're going to move astrology forward. And I was like, whatever. Okay. I was still in the mood. (laughs) I'm going to disprove this shit. Um, (laughs) um, That stayed with me, you know? And so I have focused on understanding interpretation. And we're not talking about being Pollyanna and telling everybody they're wonderful when they're not. It's just... (sighs) These ideas of here's the social norm and that's the way you're supposed to be with any with no room for any form of diversity or seeing that any kind of diversity is a good thing because you know from especially from the 1950s through the 1980s homogeny you know was the goal they were trying to make everybody be the same and you know if you've ever read Kurt Vonnegut you know how he felt about it. Um, <laughs> 
you know, that, you know, hegemony is dangerous. You know, wanting everybody to fit the standard, and if you don't, you're a threat. Um, I, I don't really think that is as natural as people think it is. Like it's manufactured. Because mm-hmm. when we can look at societies that have formed in isolation, they might be shocked and startled by other, you know, but, you know, aggression is part of being human. Absolutely. But so is nurturing. And it's, it can be expressed in multiple ways. So, yeah. Yeah, I really don't like that whole um, exalted detriment fall designations. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's really easy for people to like latch on to mm-hmm. uh, because it is like the simple language. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'll say this as Capricorn Mars, it's not. It's uh, you know exalted for a reason in the capitalist society we'll say mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah you have to put it in the social concepts of why those mm-hmm. things were considered that way like a Venus and Aries is in detriment why Venus you know is what feminine. you want well <laughs> yeah a, a woman knowing what she wants even if it's a man, but it's, it's that energy is attracting, it's a magnetic energy and it's less passive. How dare you be less passive? How dare you know what you want? You know, it's like, oh, feminine energy being, you know, active or God forbid, selfish. (laughs) I'm not talking about greed. They're talking about a woman going, oh, wait, um, I prefer to be a pillow princess. You know? Well, how dare she? What a horror. <laughs> God forbid. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's really crazy to realize that. <laughs> hmm I mean, like, the people that write these books, these interpretations, do not always come from the same perspective that you will come from Mm -hmm. they will not value the same things as you Mm -hmm. so it's up to you to develop your own understanding (laughs) and because of astrology in the last I would say 60 years has been academics with mathematical minds kind of running the show which means there was a lot of Western male privilege involved that has been left unexamined. Not all, because if you look into some, and even in the evolutionary astrologers, there's some funny shit there. Um, although it was fascinating, it was a different take anyway when it was coming out, but still, um, there's the people weren't necessarily unpacking their social cultural beliefs, and there's a lot of right wing stuff in there too mm-hmm. you know, not not so much in the evolutionary that's more like the hippies who wanted free love and no responsibility and their idea of free love was sex um <laughs> which was really two-dimensional um but yeah 
So today there is a danger of, of having people kind of lean in and accidentally get sucked in to some of the alt-right stuff because of who who's there, you know, mm-hmm. who's been there. And I'm not saying every astrologer that writes is, is that. It's just... It's one of the reasons I started Woke Astrology and I purposely used Woke Astrology, which Wokeness actually started in the 70s, by the way. It it took off again in 2014, but it it was part of the Black Panthers, believe it or not. I got in big trouble as a kid for for liking the Black Panthers in elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I thought they were cool I was like wait they're, f- they're feeding people <laughs> yeah yeah they're terrorists and I'm like for feeding people how yeah, you learn later in? like oh yeah socialist yeah that's in, why <laughs> yeah I, you know in a little town in Oregon in the 1970s this weirdo kid who got it was like so I use it as a provocation point and a filter because if people don't like wokeness they don't need to go to woke astrology that's it's not adapting the uh, aave to to be adaptive to be performative it's literally I, there are people i don't want to read astrology charts for mm-hmm. that's why so i just thought i'd ex- i don't think i've ever explained that and and to me, it was like, I was kind of excited when Woke came back in 2014. I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. <laughs> and people thought it was new. And I'm like, that, that, that's older than I am. That started in the 60s. It was more popularized in the 70s. But that's older than me, guys. <laughs> and I'm old. But yeah. Um... But yeah, there's a reason for that. Scorpio rising calculated bitch that I am. <laughs> but it is. It's a filter. And a signal, too. It's kind of a signal to other people. Yeah. You know, it's it's a filter and a signal that this is a safe space. This is, I'm an ally, you know. Yeah. Um, like me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you get a troll and you get to tell them tell them off in the live streams. <laughs> <laughs> what about Biden? Oh my God! There are a lot of wackos, I will say, on TikTok. <laughs> that there's a lot of wackos in this world. That's why it was uh-huh. referral only for decades. You had to know the secret knock to get a reading from me. I was very exclusive <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> yeah. People have believed in lizard people for a long time. Yeah. They are not our friends. So if you believe in lizard people and you're listening right now, <laughs> you need to just not listen to us anymore. Um, <laughs> just There are better conspiracy theories, folks. Yeah, there's like, you know, the real ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go read about the <laughs> School of America. Um, that's a real deal. But yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
And the planets aren't making you do it. So there you go. That's not how it works. It's not how any of it works. Please stop blaming your chart for the way that you are. Yeah, your, your chart is not licensed to be a dickhead. I can't help it. It's just the way I am. <laughs> well, enjoy the karma. Yeah. Yeah, I live Saturn. I watch Saturn come for your ass. Right. <laughs> I love it that last night when we closed the tears. That it was 777 and the moon was on my Saturn. That was the most beautiful expression of Saturnian energy. You know, having the moon on Saturn, triggering my Saturn, being like, here's the sign, keep going, your hard work is paying off. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I'm not gonna cry anymore, I promise. I cried a lot, guys. No, I was crying with you. We got oh. that Cancerian. I was just like smiling, so happy. <laughs> As I sobbed uncontrollably. Oh my god. Although Cancer was... placements, we get it. It happens. Right. It happens. You guys would have been like, oh my god. Like, yeah. It, it just shows how much trust I have in you guys, you know, and the people who were there. Feel free to be emotional. So, oh, Malcolm, you know you tell him. <laughs> but yeah, so, oh, yeah, the Malcolm noises are always free on the podcast. Um, Special guest. Yeah, that was just really, it was such a beautiful sign. And thank you for being a part of it, because without you guys, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and we're gonna go do bigger and better things in 2023. I'm so excited for next year. Mm-hmm. We got lots of things coming. Right? So much, so much. You spent a bunch of time doing SEO work on the site. Yeah, we're getting ready. Right? Because that blog's like gonna come these, up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like um, these next two weeks, it's gonna be. Mm-hmm planning and strategizing and mm-hmm. setting things up yep that's what we're doing i suggest everybody else do that too the first part of the podcast i talked about the um the full moon coming up and uh it's on january 6th of course <laughs> <laughs> oh my god of course of course it is why would it not be you know oh god it just keeps getting married you know doesn't it feel like a cosmic (laughs) joke at this point all i can do is really laugh because it's just so absurd i'm like (laughs) it's just surreal i really just try not to get too sucked into it because a lot of people getting in the news but it's just step back depersonalize it a little bit it's kind of funny yeah <laughs> it is it, it it's it's like it, it's a comedic shit show at this point i mean <clears throat> yeah just a little wild it's wild i just so yeah and then um
you know, winding up the podcast here, um, talking about time and time is perceptual. And I've seen a lot of conversations about all the different calendars and that makes the yearly predictions not valid. And that's not how that works. Okay. I don't care what calendar you use. If somebody's making predictions for a calendar that starts on a lunar year or a solar lunar combo, Julian, Gregorian, whatever, those are arbitrary times, except for the lunar. The lunar calendar is actually far less arbitrary, um, except that it has a start and end date. So anything like it's your 68, 35 or whatever, I'm making that up. It still has an arbitrary start date. And so we use months and days for actually organizing society. That's when we know our bills are to be paid, when to show up for work, when to have time off. You could call them anything, okay? I don't care if they're named after Mars and Odin and Thor. You know, I I don't care. Those are all arbitrary meanings. You could call it purple, red, and, and blue day. It's still arbitrary. The position of the celestial bodies is plotable mathematically. So when an astrologer is giving a prediction, it's for a set period of time. And yet we'll use the societal norm that we're writing for those dates. So my year ahead predictions start January and go through December because that is the calendar that you people are reading, right? But the astrological year starts in Aries. Most people don't start in Aries. I don't care if you're 23 and you just found astrology and now you're starting your year in Aries. Most people start in January. (laughs) And that's why, but when I do the predictions, like you'll see in the year ahead, I've got each month and the dates, what's happening when. That's how those, that's how that's done. That's how it, that's how it is in my ephemeris. That's how those calculations are labeled so that you know how to translate. Yeah. (laughs) And if we suddenly change all of the months to different names, it's still the same thing. Yeah, calculations will be the same. We'll just have some different words to refer to the time. (laughs) Mm And end of the world predictions are always wrong. And they probably weren't end of the world predictions anyway, like when you look at the Mayan calendar and blah, blah, blah. And the Mayan calendar didn't end. They actually kind of figured it out that it, it, it goes and then it restarts a new cycle. Okay, but the Mayan calendar has nothing to do with Western tropical astrology. So it's a different system. There's too many people who have just enough knowledge to be dangerous. Don't do that to yourselves. Train your mind. You're going to need it with Pluto and Aquarius. Having an untrained mind during Pluto and Aquarius is bad, 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 bad. Train your mind. We're going to see a lot of cults formed. Yeah, it's um, a little concerning. 
how uh, easy people are falling for things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess it like makes sense given all of the like collective trauma <laughs> that we've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, well, people are looking for some... certainty. Yeah. Belonging. Yeah. You know, all the usual things people want. <laughs> yeah. There is no certainty. We're born and we die. We don't know when, so you better live. Live while you can. That's true. That's that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's all we've got, you know. Even in astrology, we we can calculate a death date, but it's still not a hundred percent. It's not something we train. Like I don't even teach my students this. I wasn't taught it. We'll do warmer, colder. That's what my teachers said. But they're like, mm, not quite the right track. Um, I'd be like, what about this one? Mm, takes more than one aspect. Mm. Yeah, you're getting kind of warm. You know, that that was the most I got. That's something that astrologers learn on their own. And it is a hundred percent unethical to do it for a client. Yeah. See, I'm not really interested in that. (laughs) Not yet, anyway. (laughs) I was really interested. I wanted to know when I was getting off the planet. (laughs) I was like, please tell me when I'm done. (laughs) Please tell me this is this right gets over someday. Oh, I was not a happy camper. <laughs> I've been there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, God. I was not quite, I think I was 26. I might have been 25. Oh, my age. Oh, yeah. My oh, it was painful, man. Oh, it was Pluto and Saturn and no knowledge and yeah, like I'm that. glad I know what's going on I'll say that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because you don't know that it's not going to last forever you know speaking of concept of time it's just like when they do like a year ahead reading for someone and it was doing a year ahead which by the way I'm going to close those very soon I think I'm going to close them by the end of the week <clears throat> I love doing them but they're a lot of charts so it's I think I'm just gonna maybe open them and close them like twice a year or something like that but because yeah. it's, it's a lot but I was doing one for somebody and they were pretty young I mean they were younger than you and um, I decided to look out on solar returns because I really liked the progression I was seeing and I was like let's see how much better it gets I have a funny feeling it gets even better and so I went to look at their solar returns out and, and one looked a little like consolid, like a consolidation year after two really good years in a row, which makes sense. And then I was like, all right, let's see what happens the year after. And it was a killer year, you know? And so it was like 2025. And they're like, Oh my God, it's so far away. I'm like, it's really not. It's as far away from there, and then I went back, you know, as it is from 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, that feels like just yesterday. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, and time isn't going to slow down anytime soon. 
Yeah, just, so I just gotta live in the meantime. <laughs> and be as present as possible. Don't look out to the future too far. I mean, I looked out because this person had some stuff that I think it was worth looking out and saying, hey, look at how good it gets. Keep on the path. Keep going. You know, it was an encouragement. But yeah, so time is arbitrary, guys. You know, it's it's perceptual. There's all kinds of time. You know, there's accurate atomic time, which is still arbitrary because we gave it a start date. Mm-hmm. It is 9.20 p.m. where I'm at. It is a different time where Jennifer is at. Yeah, it's 11.26 here. <laughs> right? So, you know, but we're both in our present moment, dealing with our own psychological time. Right? So, that should just bend people's brains. Uh, yeah, I, I love thinking about these things. When I was younger, mm-hmm. it was like hurting my brain. Like, wow. <laughs> I do it now nowadays too with astrology. We just right. love the yeah the little workout soreness from that. Right, that's how my mom thought I was in dr- on drugs when I was in high school. Oh my god, there'd be so many times I'd like come home from school just like brain dead, go take a nap. <laughs> so my brain hurt. Say <laughs> so I have math class class of the day. Oh, that can burn you out sometimes. Calculus will do that to you. Right. I would lay on my bed and think about how big the universe was. And my brain would just like go expansive, expansive, expansive. Mm-hmm. I was like 14. And I'd be like, my mom would you make a whoa. And she'd come in, she'd be like, let me look at your eyes. <laughs> be like, why? It's just like, well, what's going on? Oh, I was thinking about how big the universe is. Lori, we need to have a talk. <laughs> it's like, no, mom, your kid is just weird. Yeah, I like. To, I would like to blow my own mind. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't need no drugs. I have Neptune trying my Mercury. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I have a Neptune on my Mars. Right? I get it. <laughs> We're space cadets. <laughs> I love thinking about how I'm collectively connected to everybody. I do it all the time. It's a comforting thought. Right? And we are. We are all connected and we're all disconnected all at the same time. This is what we do, guys. This is <laughs> this is astrology. It really is. This is the type of conversations they used to have back in the Middle Ages. You know, they'd sit there and debate how many angels would fit on a head of a pin. Not because they really thought angels were fitting on the head of a pin. It's a ninth house matter. It's expanding your mind. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be about the thing you're talking about, but just mm-hmm. using those neurons and mm-hmm. making new connections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love brain science here. We do. Brain science is everything. There's no reason to... In fact, to me, the more neuroscience gets ahead, the more we see evidence for the metaphysics. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always a pleasure chatting. Yeah, if we get started talking about neuroscience, we could go forever. So we better... (laughs) We'll have to plan out a neuroscience chat. But yeah, thank you, Jennifer. 
It's a pleasure, as always. Mm -hmm. I love having these chats. Right? They're the best. So you guys can book with Jennifer, Casey, Rita, and Mackenzie at wokeastrology.com. Um, we're going to have, I've decided I'll do a monthly flash sale for patrons. Okay. So keep your eyes tuned on your inboxes because you never know when it's going to come out. All right. Much love. Take care. <laughs> well, that's it for episode one of season three. I'm Lori Rivers with you. That was a great conversation with Jen. We'll meander our way through 2023 talking astrology and um, hoping to give you some inspiration to help you with the aspirations. Uh, if you're a patron and there's something specific you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, go ahead and put a comment under uh, the post where I put up this podcast episode so for the next episode if you have questions or you want a subject addressed go ahead put the suggestion in the comments on patreon.com if you're not a patron well head over to patreon.com forward slash the awake space and there we go that's all we got all right thanks so much see you next week Mm -hmm.